Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mikey likes you, yes he does, you bitch. I like you a lot and this is my motherfucking podcast, Time to talk about health in a comprehensive sense, oh yeah. So everybody sit back and listen now. Hello, everyone. (laughs) It is Mikey Likes You. Episode, uh, let's say six. Why not? Um, very excited because today my, my lover, my radio partner for many years, Dr. Drew Pinsky will be dropping by and we talk about a lot of really good stuff, dude. Um, I mean, you know, it's Dr. Drew. Um, so I didn't want to just waste time talking about sets and reps. I mean, we got into the homelessness problem. We got into mental health as a whole. We got into epigenetics. We got into, um, Trauma passed down through generations, um, the, 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 the feminine masculine energy conflict going on, um, fallout from me too. I mean, like I said, we talked about a lot of really, really good, I think thoughtful things. Um, yeah, I did my best because Lord knows I'm no genius, but you know, I just gave him my ideas on things and let him go wild. And I think it made for a really, really interesting listen. I hope you enjoy it. That is coming up a little bit later. Let me kick things off by starting with uh, a little update on my carnivore diet endeavor. Once again, I am not endorsing or promoting the idea of carnivore diet. I am, it is just something that I'm doing for the sake of this show. Um, I have a lot of experience with veganism. I was uh, vegan for a long time, a couple years ago. I was, uh, I've done plenty of, I've got plenty of experience with ketogenic diets, both cyclical, long-term, um, uh, paleo, Whole30, I've done it all. I had never, ever done the carnivore diet, which is so popular right now. Um, so again, I'm not saying it's the best or it's the worst or it's something you should should do or shouldn't do. I just thought I would give it a shot so that I could have experience with it. And um, I'm about 12 days in as I record this, so who knows by the time you listen to it. Um, but uh, about 12 days in, I can report that I feel good. Energy is very high. My mental clarity is very high. Um, but I, I do when I do anaerobic stuff, stuff that needs glucose and bursts of energy, I gas out. And maybe that'll change as I become a little bit more fat adapted. But I do. Yesterday at Muay Thai, I was sucking wind. Um, so that's my only real complaint. But as of right now, I do feel great. My absolute strength is very high. My, my lifts are um, big and high for, for me. And... Um, my mental clarity, definitely super good. So that is the report there on that. Is it bullshit? Maybe. Is it bullshit? Let's find out. Is it bullshit? Um, I was scouring the internet as I am want to do mainly on Instagram, uh, looking at girls with giant asses. And um, that is, again, what I like to do. And I saw uh, one of these fitness Instagram girls promoting a cream that you rub on yourself 
that gets rid of cellulite. Now, initially, I was quite wary of this. I was a bit suspicious because I thought, well, that doesn't seem reasonable. But she was promoting it, and she was charging a good amount of money for it. And I thought to myself, wow, there's girls out there who have cellulite that are going to watch this and go, oh, my God, I can rub something on my body, and it'll get rid of my cellulite. So I started to do a little bit of investigation, and let me tell you something. Bullshit. 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 That is bullshit. Cellulite exists in the fat cells. It is a... (laughs) There's a lot of biological factors that go into that. Um, By rubbing something on the outside... Some type of transdermal cream is going to remove cellulite... Absolutely not. It is scientifically wrong. Do not waste your money on that. That is bullshit. Okay? Now, most of these creams that I saw, I looked at the one she was selling, and then I looked at, like, four or five others. And, again, I'm not going to name names because I'm not here to, like, play gotcha journalism with a bunch of products. People are going to make money however they want in this country, and that's, look, that's part of America. But what I do want to say is just watch out for this. Uh, the, the most... Uh, most of these products, I, I saw they, they had caffeine in them. And what caffeine will do, and they had other things that would pull water from your skin. So it may give you a temporary um, appearance that the cellulite's going away um, by removing water from the skin, you know, and making things look a little smoother. But it is not going to get rid of your cellulite, both in the short term or the long term. That is bullshit. That comes through diet and training. And it's a lot of that's genetic. There's people who are considerably overweight that don't have much um, cellulite. And there's girls who are very thin, I've seen, that ha- have it. It's, it's kind of a genetic thing. But also it can definitely be remedied through diet and exercise. Um, but gaining muscle, the number one thing you can do to get rid of any type of um, cellulite or adipose problems that you see. So that is my take on that. Mikey likes it. Part of Mikey likes you. This is where I recommend something for you. Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it, man. This is where I recommend something for you. Uh, Something that I've seen in the fitness world, the health world, the wellness world, or just something that I've recognized to be awesome and I really recommend for you. This week, I am recommending the Aaron Hernandez documentary, which is available on Netflix. It is fucking awesome. Okay, even if you do not give a shit about football, even if you have no idea who Aaron Hernandez is, um, this is something that should be watched. Um, it, it works on so many levels. First off, I don't want, I'm trying to think about like, how can I talk about this without giving anything away to prevent you from watching it or like make it not as exciting. But Aaron Hernandez, for those of you who don't know, was a New England Patriot and an exceptional football player. He was a tight end. He won a uh, national championship at Florida and then went on to become an incredibly useful part of what is considered to be uh, one of the greatest teams of all time in the NFL. That is the 2000s and 2010s 
um, New England Patriots. Along, you know, on on the opposite of end of Gronk on the line, they were doing this tandem tight end thing that was just never seen before. And he is a phenomenally gifted athlete, and he was then convicted of murder while he was playing in the NFL. Insane, insane story. But this documentary really dives into what I think to be it, the reality of toxic masculinity. That word gets those words get thrown around a lot when it comes to things in today's day and age, and I don't think it's necessarily accurate. A lot of times, things that are just traditionally masculine get labeled toxic masculinity. This really gets at the center of what is toxic masculinity. He had such a um, overly domineering father, and he came from this this world of football, which is so kind of hard edged and uh, and macho. And he was insecure about a lot of things. Uh, that's all I'll say. And how he would, his posturing and his um, his inadequate feelings in certain areas made him behave really in a rancid way in others. And it's just, it works on so many levels. It's such a well-made documentary. The Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. Uh, Mikey likes it. And I recommend it for you. All right, now let's get down to business with our guest, a man who needs no introduction. He is a physician, an addiction medicine specialist. He is an international celebrity because he is so gosh darn good at broadcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Drew Pinsky. My guest today has a giant penis. Let me see. My guest today is a doctor. But he has a giant wiener in his scrubs. Maybe it's because he has Jewish blood. The reason I say that is because I knew a dude named Aaron, and he was Jewish, and he had the biggest white penis I ever saw. And Dr. Drew has a giant schwanz. Even though he's known for his giant brain and his pewter frosted good looks, let me assure you, he does damage. I like, I like the Yiddish. I like that. Thanks. A little, little, little schwanz talk. Yeah, schwanz. Well, you know, <laughs> parlance of, uh, of your people. Thank you. Um, welcome, sir. Thank you, Thank man. you for doing this. What's going on? Uh, lots going on. Life is good, but uh, it's really weird. I was thinking about it on the way over here because, obviously, when I talk to you, it's different than most guests because we know each other so well, and we spent so much time it's behind the mic doing radio together. <laughs> And it's so weird that you and I don't do radio anymore. It is that is weird. When we, especially, it feels extra weird when we sit back behind the mic. It's like, why? The, why aren't we doing this every day? Are, are we doing it every day? Yeah, <laughs> it feels like we're still doing it every day. It, you know? well, no, it still does. It's like you know when we both podcast like crazy. Uh, and I, I mean, I guess I, 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 I do Jason's show once a week, so that's that's radio. That's still going. It is. Yeah. Somebody said that stopped or something. Well, Jason and I's podcast, okay, the high and dry what, podcast. What happened? I <sighs> mostly look. It was fun. It was doing well. Yeah, but it wasn't doing well enough to justify to taking itself. up Jason's time. Yeah, I get it. You know, I, Jason just renegotiated again with Sirius. He's making lots of money, and he works really 
really hard doing yeah. a four, three hour radio show no, five I, days a week. I get it. this thing about podcasting, it, it either becomes worth it or it doesn't. And it's nefarious. And yeah. You can't tell what's going to be okay, what's going to work, and what isn't. Yeah. I've been doing a bunch of streaming stuff lately, which is, you know, different than this. Yeah. You're actually streaming on multiple platforms all over the world, and it has a whole different feel. It, it feels. Is it, cl- is it similar to doing the live TV show? You used it's to? it's between radio and that. It it feels like a broadcast because you're getting so many places all at once. It's still IP to IP, right? But it's you drop in on it. People yeah. are dropping in on it much the way you would turn on the radio or something, right? And so it's 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 a whole different feel. It's really crazy. Um, the funny thing is about radio, it, traditional radio, especially terrestrial. Yeah. Is that they're falling into the same trap that television fell into five years ago. Yeah. And that is the streaming services came along and the cable television became really the marquee now. So the networks panicked. Yeah. And what they did is they started hiring on name recognition, not on ability and talent. Oh, that's interesting. And, just just brand. And because it's 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 built in PR. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But you're starting to see that with radio, too, because they're, they they realize, look, so few people are listening to us. There's yeah. po- a podcast for everything. Yeah. And streaming services are amazing. Yeah. We can't worry about who does the best job or yeah. who is the best broadcaster. we got to hire a name yeah. to get people to tune in. That's and you're seeing it. It who, who are you seeing start to get shows? I'm curious. I, well, I haven't really paid attention. Power to 106 just got taken over by Nick Cannon. Right. You know, and right. I, look, Nick's, I, I don't know the guy. Maybe he's a I, I, I'm, great... I remember I did The mass Singer. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, he's a great guy, and he's a good host. He's, he's a, a good, really he's good host. He's a good TV host. He yeah. is. He's really he's good. Man, really that, good. that is a hard job. He's he really charismatic, yeah. and, and I, I'm not trying to shit on him, but my he's not a radio guy. Not per se. No. You know, he's yeah. not. Uh, uh, there's there's people out there that don't have an, a nat- nationwide name that are really good at yeah. hosting radio shows yep. and that that doesn't seem to have the same cachet yeah um but i don't know it, it's it's a it's a weird world it's a weird world we live in I, I i do like the fact that people can get what they want when they want it and how they want it they yeah. don't have to deal with no that's right and that's always going to win right yeah and so i i listen to all kinds of podcasts every day I yeah. do, i'm crazy with it and it's sort of my meditation but i'm i i, I listen to uber nerdy shit yeah what, my, so you're, but your life, crap about him. your wife, well, fuck her. <laughs> I mean, like, she can't control what you listen. You know, no, but she gives me shit about it. It's all right. She, yeah, that's but her it's job, not, isn't it's it? not a TV show that you guys share together. No, you know right, what I'm right. Like, Which we her. do. Oh, my God. We started watching Love Boat. The original? The original Love Boat. Because I, somehow it started recording on our, our DVR, and Adam started talking about it. You know, and and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch up. So, and I was stunned how bad it was. I was yeah. like, it was like watching a car wreck. And then we kept watching. Right. We, they got sticky. It was weird. You know what you should do? What the the shows from the mid '70s yeah. are attractive because they're so bad. You can't believe it was ever. You put can't on TV. believe. And I'm like, yeah. who's who's okay. on that? Oh my god! There's by the way, the mid '80s is no different. Yeah, um, like there's some like sitcoms that were huge. You watch them and you're like. What? Why? What? Well, yeah. You First watch- of all, what are they saying? You can't right. believe the stuff they're saying and the stuff they're doing. Oh, I yeah. mean, the love boat is Doctor. What's his name? You know, Bernie Coppell's character, yeah. roofing and raping women. That's his character. Listen to this. And then the and then Gopher is kidnapped and he's raped by women on a regular basis. I was watching Save by the Bell. Yeah. Because I spent I don't know. 
50,000 hours watching that from 1986 to 1993 saw, or something? Uh, uh, what's his name? Mark Paul? Yeah. Or, or Mario. No, Mark, well, Mario see all the time. I don't yeah. even think about him as part of that anymore. But go ahead anyway. Well, I, I'm Zach Morris would ritualistically break into the female locker, locker room, room and film them. Yeah. There's an episode where he... He doesn't ask. He bet he he forces Screech to help him break into the locker room so that he can film Lisa, Jesse, and Kelly Kapowski performing in their like un, like their little gym shorts yes. while they're changing. Yes, performing a song and then goes without them knowing it and, and solicits it. it to a record executive. Perfect. So that he can make money. It's fucking insane. What, what year was that? Eighty five. I'm going to say early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. So so that's all the aftermath of the seventies. I'm telling you, that's where that kind of shit got going. Yeah, I, I st- I've been thinking about it lately in the aftermath of the whole Weinstein thing, that how effed up the, the um, 70s were. And it occurred to me, I, I listened to this. This is part of something you and I never talked about. It, you, you'll, it'll ring true to you because I've complained so much about the 70s to you. But this is, a, this is a level of craziness that was going on then that I'd not really thought about. We as young males were coached up constantly that men and women are the same, the same, the same, the same, the same. Anything you're feeling as a 19-year-old male, that woman is feeling the same damn thing. Right. But society tells her that she can't feel that way. She's got to suppress it. Yeah. It's your job as a man, bring it out. you got to push her as hard as you can. No matter how hard she says no, you got to push because she really means yes just the way you want it. That's what she wants. Yeah. And your job is to go after that. Are you fucking kidding me? Can you imagine taking a bunch of 19-year-old men in this country and telling them that? And, and then making the women feel guilty when they don't feel that way. They can't yeah, even bring it up. But it was unbelievable. 90, 99% of us. Oh, my God, what a horrible time. Made our mistakes. Not And I look, I'm not talking about less moon vest mistakes. But we made where, you're, like you said, that was the narrative. It was, so it was, it was, it was pounded into the head. When of we're 18, 19, yeah. some of us, myself included, 14, 13. Now, but you were now, what year was that for you? 14? Uh, 93. 90 something. Yeah. So think it, that was the aftermath yeah. uh, that you were dealing with. In the heat of it, it begged no alternative. It begged yeah. no question. Well, my, my point is, is that most of us, we were taught that. Yeah. But then you kind of make your mistakes and you grow up and you get older and then you realize... That's all bullshit, and uh, oh, my, my wife and I are totally different, and we have totally different feelings and ideals. You're, and not, allowed to, you're still and, not allowed um, to say that. You're and still I'm not respect. allowed to say that. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. And and listen, oh, the overwhelming majority of grown women, I'm, I'm not talking about 20-year-old college girls because they're going to jump on the whole fucking bandwagon of like, uh, no, I'm just the same. You take your average 35-year-old woman who's listening yeah. to this, or you, yeah. she's like, yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I, Especially when they have children that see the male and female children and go, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, these are different. Yes. Yeah. My daughter, who her classmate, her male classmates all have like 11 broken bones, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I, I always tell this story in my personal life. I don't know if I've ever said this on the air, but this this really just just bewildered me that my daughter at her first preschool they had a, a project where they were to each write a book about something important to them and pretend to be real authors. And then there were, uh, all the parents were going to meet at a bookstore and they were going to do an actual reading of their book, like a real author. It was it was like a cute That's little fine. thing. Yeah. So there's probably like 20 kids in the class. 
um, for easy math, let's say half girls, half boys. Every, to a T, 100% of the girls wrote about something in nature, and 100% of the boys across the line wrote about a machine. That's because they're pushed to do that. They're required to be that way. From the moment they come out of the womb, they're forced the toys with the machines and the, and the trucks. They're forced into that. I dare a parent to try to force a child, a male, not yeah. to be into that stuff. You, 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 have to, you have to work so hard to change the behavior of a three-year-old. Yeah. You have to constantly get on it. Now, if that's important to you to shape and change it in a certain way, go ahead. But don't pretend that it's not trying to go a different direction right. organically, biologically. Yeah, it, it's, it's very strange. I don't know. I, I don't think that – obviously, it's really helpful, and it's been an amazing, eye-opening experience living through this kind of Me Too stuff. And I do think guys, by and large, have been abusing power and have oh, yeah. been forcing oh. women to do things that they oh. don't want to do and the whole thing. Oh, my God. And, and we should all – And it's gone for so long when you look at it, you go, oh, my God. Right. Right, and I, and I think we should all take a step back and really, really acknowledge that, and it's yeah. important for yeah. us to acknowledge that. Yeah. But I also think in in doing that, it's become really dangerous pushing the narrative that, like, we're all the same. Like, well, we're it, exactly – But, but, you know, the, but unfortunately, it goes to a narrative of – Science is just another, just an old white man's way of looking at things. Yeah, and, and which like, is no, weird no, 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 though, no. because Science the same is objective fact. The same people who say that argue that science is super objective when it comes to climate change. Right, and you know, the, like they're the, also the, the people that go gender is one hundred percent social, hundred percent social, unless you're transgender, and then it's all biological. Well, that's so it's like what, and then same thing. And by the way, if there's no gender, if there's no gender, then there's no gay. There's also no transition. How do you transition if there's nothing if there's to no transition gender. to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's a, it's the logic all breaks down when you go to the extremes. Yeah. So let's not go to the extremes, everybody. Well, and and it doesn't serve anybody anything. It doesn't. I, I, it, there's I, no benefit really. Some philosophical, abstract, you know, Judith Butler type reasoning folk, and and I appreciate them bringing stuff up and making us thinking about it. That's good. Yeah. But to go all the way in one direction or another is a mistake. Yeah. And and look, it's I'm, all the post. In saying this, I I don't know how you feel, but in saying this. It's not like I'm saying that I don't believe that there's social influence on gender. Not at all. There's totally of social influence, and, of course and I don't. Is. I don't believe most of it's healthy. You know, I don't. It's, I don't. Well, it, but ju- listen, just because something socially constructed doesn't mean it's bad or needs to be changed. Right. Don't. Don't. That's not the assumption. Just because it's socially constructed, it's bad. It has to be changed. That's not true. It's socially constructed. Right. And it has a bio- everything in human behavior, and I mean everything, biology and environment. And on average, about 60% biology, genetics, and about 40% environment. On average, with all the mental illness and shit I've been dealing with my whole career, that about sums it up. How much How much of trauma, I mean, a lot of what I talk about on this show, I, 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 I think <clears throat> this, gets, this gets looked at as a show about lifting weights and eating right. In in reality, this is about like comprehensive health mm-hmm. and and how to hit, be healthy mm-hmm. in a, in a, as a as a as a complete package, and so I end up especially when I do Q and As, I end up taking a lot more questions about relationships and, and addiction and mental yeah. health, and yeah. then I well, do that's about people, training. That's where you know meaning and happiness comes from. Right. How much of that? How much of trauma? Like, like I was thinking about African Americans in particular. <laughs> I was having this very, very civil, very actually interesting conversation about reparations. Yeah. 
and I was in Atlanta, and I, you know, just straight look, flat out, look, there's just way more black people in Atlanta, and you you are bumping elbows with them much more often than you are in Los Angeles. For people that don't live here, Los Angeles is an, an insane melting pot, except for black people. It's incredibly well, segregated no, for, no, for no. I, I would, African-Americans. I, I would push back. I would say that there's so much, it's so, there's so many other different minorities represented that it's, there's no majority. There's no. No, no, no. You're right. There's, but, there's just many black people. There are Asians and there, everything else. There's, like, there's, there's just there's, everything. Here. There's millions of, of, more of black anything, people in right? Southern California. Yeah. My point is, though, is that every neighborhood in Southern California has a huge chunk of Hispanics. Has, has a theme, Everyone. Has, yeah. ev- there's not a neighborhood you yep. go to that. Yep. There's black neighborhoods. Yeah. There, there's no. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's 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 whereas like Atlanta or Baltimore, or New Orleans. Everyone kind of mixed up. African Americans yeah. live amongst yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. So it's one population. So I'm in Atlanta and I'm spending and I'm having this conversation. And I'm talking about reparations, and I go, you know what? I've kind of changed my tune on reparations because I used to be like, I was like, that was that was 400 years ago. What the fuck am I paying money for? But then I got to think about it. Most immigrants that came to this country yeah. had a fucked situation. Yep. I mean, okay, Irish, Italians, my, my parents, your, Chinese, your, your grandfather, Eastern Bloc Jews, yeah. like everyone yeah. who moved here a long time ago, their life sucked and yeah. they got discriminated against. Yep. But everyone who moved here, they came here with excitement about a new life. They were getting, by their own volition, were like, I'm going to get on a boat and I'm going to America and I'm going to make something. But, and but I'm going to be around fair, my own people. Most people, when they got here, had their ass handed to them. They, you know what exactly. I mean? They, but but they my, were mistreated when my they got point here. is, is that their mentality was, where I live sucks. More. I'm going to this new land yeah. and I'm going to make something of myself. Yeah. And I'm going to have a community of people just like me that I live with and we're going to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Yeah. Black Americans came here in fucking chains yeah. and on a slave ship yeah. and then were whipped and abused and murdered oh, and raped. Oh, yeah. So my 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 question is like a lab rat which we've seen this is totally true can this trauma that a a, a black american went through in 1780 mm-hmm. Can it literally be biologically handed down to their kid today? It, 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 there's epigenetic components to that. Yeah. And familial transmission. Yeah. So there's both, right? Again, genetics and environment. So absolutely. The, the, so And by the way, not all African descent Americans or black Americans had family in slavery. Right? No, no, no. And, that, and so and that's, that's, that's what gets kind of weird. And, and there are sort of you know people of mixed ethnicities and things that did have family of slaves, you know, come descent descent of slaves. So there, there is discussion when it comes to reparations, talking about not just per se African Americans, but descent of slaves. And, and that's and, that's and people of descent from. That's slavery. what this guy yeah. um, who I was having the conversation with. Yeah. I wish I could remember his name, but he was really smart and so really clever the, the, dude. He was talking about the difference between what he calls. The, the the new term African Americans. Right. He's like then there's there's foundational Black Americans, yep. and that is my family's like, been like living in Mississippi or Georgia yep. for fucking two hundred years, yep. and it's been shit. Yep. It, we've we went from slave but, ships to Jim Crow, and it's way, been pure shit. And, and again, that's a subpopulation within the descendants of slaves, right? Yeah, it's really dicey to try to figure out who gets the reparations. You know, right? No, no, it. that definitely that's, the that's first a whole job. That's, that's a whole job one mess. But I want to tell you something. Um, the scales fell from my eyes a bit through some history reading. Uh, the Grant biography. Remember, I was reading that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it just freaking uh, my eyes opened about 
a reconstruction in the South after the Civil War. I, I didn't. I knew it was bad. I didn't get it. How I didn't bad, know. Yeah. Oh my God! And then I read Frederick Douglass's uh, biography. Yeah. And I thought, oh Jesus, the scales were just like falling from my eyes. Like it's. I, I always thought it was slavery and the chattel slavery and how horrible that was. But Reconstruction. Frederick Douglass said it himself because we gave up the whip for the shotgun. <laughs> it's true. People were just being slaughtered. Yeah. And essentially was warlords left over from the Confederacy, marauding groups of leftover troops going after African-Americans. It's really, and I, you know, I hate to say this, I might get some pushback. It's not that much different than like Iraq after Saddam. Where it's just like yeah. the, the wealthy prior, yeah. they're still the same kind of ruling uh, aristocratic class, yeah. and they're still just fucking demolishing the people beneath. Yeah. There's no yeah, the, re, the quote unquote reconstruction. It's still the same class system where now the people are even more fucked. Yeah. So I don't know enough about Iraq to to make that, but it sounds about right. Right. But again, it's this idea of the warlords, which became the K, the KKK and stuff, and. You know, and it was great progress being made. African Americans were in the Senate, and they were in the, in the state legislatures. And uh, the Republicans caved after Andrew Johnson; or he was part of the problem. And uh, and then Grant couldn't manage it, and then it just went away. And it was just, and it was on for right. for a hundred years after that. Yeah, and I sometimes think that may have been more traumatizing, or the, not more traumatizing, but the, but really really left in a mark that we we don't we have to come to terms yeah. with it as a country in some way and and then also you think about like Jim Crow era that's what I'm talking about that wasn't about. even that long ago that, but that, that was, was the, like our grandparents but that was the aftermath well, my grandparents, of this your, recon, your parents this was the reconstruction era yeah and, and yes I listen it, my mother used to tell stories about going to the south and she she had a she was a performer she was singing and went down there with a band and she said she was uh, walking down the sidewalk, and she greeted a black man as he's coming towards her. And a cop saw that, arrested her, uh, beat the black guy, made him go across the street. How dare you walk on the same side of the street as a as a white woman? Yeah, and took my mother to jail. Oh my God! For for not how dare you sort of fly in the face of our customs here? And I forget what city she was in. Well, and it, she was just like, "This is unbelievable." Yeah. This, yeah. That was in the fifties. Do you ever hear about Johnny Cash's boycott? No. Late sixties. Okay, yeah. this is not that long ago. Yeah. Johnny Cash is with his first wife before June. He gets arrested for. Uh, bringing painkillers and speed over the border from Mexico. Hey, good times. Yeah. <laughs> He's a drug addict. You know, he was a drug addict. Oh, yeah. no, um, and he, he got busted. Yeah. So he goes to court and he's released and he's holding hands with his wife. Well, the angle and the lighting made it look like his wife was African-American. Right. Cities in the South rallied to get Johnny Cash boy. He couldn't perform in the South for like a couple years because... He married a black woman, and she wasn't even black, but yeah. it was just the perceived idea. Yeah, and so and so when people complain, if there's no racism, and there's no racism, yeah, that that leaves a. We're talking again about trauma. That leaves a residual. Yeah, and it takes about 150, 200 years for that residual to go away. That then, and so the, and we got to uh, you know address it headlong, humbly. Well, the, and I guess that leads to the bigger question. Yeah. Um, the bigger question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if we're going to acknowledge that that mark 
stays with you, even if you weren't born into Jim Crow, even if you weren't hit by a, a slave owner, you weren't whipped and raped. We acknowledge that 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 leaves a mark that gets gets handed down for generations. Yeah. How do we all kind of escape the fact? Like like how does my daughter escape my sexual abuse and my? Oh well, you know I, you don't. Yeah. That's the thing. You have to. Tr- that's what the, your job is to do the treatment, so the energy of the trauma isn't transmitted. Uh-huh. So I I had all kinds of shit transmitted to me by my father particularly. He yeah. was. He was an immigrant who uh, everything fell apart in the Depression, and he literally didn't know where he was going to eat or sleep. And that was, he was eight years old. Good and, times. And that was forever transmitted to me. Like, yeah. beyond. When, you, when, you, when you're one generation removed from the trauma, it gets through. Trust me. Oh, man. Good times. Hey, yeah, good times. Yeah. Um, I, make the, I make the case that, you know, when people talk about, like, I look at, like, the trinity of health. Yeah. Physical, obviously, you know, you're training, you're eating. <clears throat> Mental and and, and 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 psychological. Okay. And then the emotional. Spiritual. Well, you, you're, let's divide it up. So so there's wellness. Yeah. So it's physical, so yeah. sleep, eating, exercise. There is, people should carve off medical because medical and wellness are separate. Separate, yeah. Right? You, you, wellness maintenance, if you have a genetics for hypertension, you're going to get the hypertension. That's just a miscommunication between your kidney and your right atrium. You have to get that treated. Yeah. And all the wellness practice in the world is not going to do that much. As, finally, I, I tried to do that. And uh, finally, as a physician looked at me and went, uh, you can only outrun your genetics so long. I'm like, yeah. God damn it. That's so right. So medical, wellness. And psychological, emotional, that's one topic. And then spiritual, I think, is a separate topic, right? Yeah. So I'd sort of, I'd say there are three. It's a trinity with carving off medical. Subdivisions. Uh, yeah. With yeah, little yeah, subgenres. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like I, I make the contention that you can be pretty darn you, – you, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not the best way to go about it. But you can be pretty darn healthy spiritually and emotionally and still be a fat fuck. And still be out of shape, and it, it, oh, yeah. it happens. I've met the all the time. I've never all the time met someone who had sustainable physical health that wasn't that was fucked up emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. Well, you they, you, you can have abs for a year. Or I know two. you said sustainable. I'm, I'm listening I've to your words. I've never met someone. I like I know those guys and gals. Let's call it that balanced. are coke addicts yeah, and, yeah. and fucking uh, they cheat on their wife and everything, but they're jacked. Come back in a year or two. That doesn't. It never fucking works out. Yeah, never stays. So I think balance is more the word than sustainable. I agree, it is sustainable, but but you want balanced physical health. Yeah, not, and, not excessive. Well, like you've been diving so deep into homelessness. Mm. I mean, that's really become your my thing. Crusade. Really. Yeah, I'm, I'm cr- and um, I was thinking about homelessness. I, I live in Venice, so I, I I can't do anything but think about homelessness yeah. because it's so uh, it's so ubiquitous to me. The people that push back against you when you say that this is a mental health issue, they're probably the people who deal with homeless people who have sought outreach. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, they don't understand the reality of the homelessness problem so, is not the type of people who are even capable of showing up at a shelter and dealing. That's right. So there's three different categories. There is affordable housing, which yeah. is a miserable problem in this part of the country. Doesn't cause homelessness. No. Affordable housing. There is transiently homeless. On average, that's about three months on the streets, and people find their way off by going to the resources that are yeah. readily available. And there's chronically homeless. 
the ones that we're all upset about and the ones that are dying at the rate of three a day in L.A. County are the chronically homeless. I am not talking about the 10 or 20% of transient homelessness. We're doing a good job with that. Yeah, I, I they think America, our, by and large, is doing yes, a pretty good job, and, right? and that's a, a real tragedy and needs to be addressed aggressively, and it is. We're doing nothing with the chronically homeless, and I mean nothing, except talking about giving them housing as though that's going to do a goddamn thing. So that's what I'm upset about. And and I just wish people could get it through Ugh. their head. It's not like I'm some expert, but what I, what is true is that I do live face to face with it more so than most people. Yep. And you you like these people are not gonna get help. They're not. And they're not they, gonna get help. They don't want help. Right. But, but 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 they don't want help because, because they're, they're ill. Sick. Yes. And so they, I'm saying, correct. like, what can we do for for you as an MD? What can we change to make it so that oh, you have the ability to easy. say, it's easy. Literally, we need to force this person right. to so, get help. So the reason, they, the common term for what they have is denial. But the medical term is anisognosia. Anisognosia is a block, biological block in the ability to see what's happening to what you're, what's happening to you, the insight into what's happening to you, the insight into what your choices and that what your illness has done to you. They don't have that. It, stroke patients get this. Dementia patients get this. Schizophrenics, bipolar drug addicts get this. It's literally a stroke patient. You can show them the left side of their body, and they go, huh, anyway, what's going on? They, they, they're blocked. They yeah. can't see what's happening, even though the whole left side of their body is out. It's called anisognosia. Well, in dementia, when people have anisognosia and they're talking to themselves and they're disorganized and maybe delusional, it's dementia. Oh, my God, you got to hurt the help. Go get them. Go get them. But if the same symptom complex is caused by mania or schizophrenia or drug addiction, who the fuck are you? Get out of there. Get, get away from them. You, what do you, what do you, how dare you get near them? It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And so here's what we need to do. Let me answer your question. There's a bill in the state center right now called SB 640. Reestablish the de- something called gravely disabled. We don't even have gravely disabled anymore. We have harm to self or other and stay away. That's it. Yeah. So if somebody goes, I'm going to kill myself, and five minutes later goes, ah, I was just talking, you have, to, you have to literally just jump away. So we need gravely disabled. We need to expand conservatorships. We need a directive to physicians for psychiatric care. You know how people fill out a directive for their medical care when their brain doesn't work right because of medical conditions? Put me on a breathing machine. Don't put me on a breathing machine. Resuscitate me. Don't resuscitate me. We need the exact same directive for psychiatric care. Somebody gets a a diagnosis of schizophrenia. While they're still compensated, you sit down and go, you will decompensate. It's going to happen. It's part of this disease. How aggressive shall we be? What shall we do? Hey, let me help you decide. The, you instruct me what to do when that happens. But what if, just what if that person says, let me loose on the streets? I don't care about They don't it. do it. They don't. They, when they're sane, they don't do that. Right. It's when they get insane, when they decompensate, that's when they do it. Okay. So you talk to them when okay. they're sane. Uh, we need to We need to essentially cause a, uh, call a state of emergency to wipe aside the Department of Health Care Services and the Social Service Administration regulations and the sequel regulations that take five years to build a residential bed. We need to build thousands of residential beds, build communities, build meaningful vocational rehabilitation, have really like communities built. There's something called the Trieste Plan that they're actually opening one into Hollywood now. Things like that, Haven for Hope House. There's stuff out there. They've done it. It works. It works great. But you have to be able to get people there. And the vast majority of homeless don't want to go because they have anisognosia. And think about when you were a drug addict in your disease. 90% of drug addicts don't get treatment. Do you know why they don't get treatment? They don't want it. Exactly. 80% of the 90% 
Don't want it. And, and you have to be able to create motivation to get them to care. That's compassionate. Yeah. It's and, and uncompassionate. Where do they go? Where where are they ending up if you don't do something? Dead or in jail? Morgue. Yeah. Well, no jail. We don't put them in jail anymore. Yeah. No jail. So well, no, there's only up, one place. You end up in jail when you start stealing and fucking murdering no. for your drug murder. addiction. Yeah. 950 you can steal up to $1,000 a day. Yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah. You can traffic. No, no problem. You can use. No problem. That's California. It's Prop 47, Prop 57. So we've taken away jail. And they don't belong in jail. They don't. No, That's no, you true. don't. But, but, yeah. you, uh, but you need I the threat of jail. I just knew so many people that ended up there. And, it's only and found recovery there, yeah. too, by the way. But, uh, but the threat sometimes, of it. Not sometimes. Not staying there, yeah. but, but realizing if they don't get their shit together, it's going to keep happening. Well, yeah, because uh, I, the, the, you mentioned something. Why don't drug addicts get help? It's because they don't want it. Correct. A lot of people don't want it, myself included. I did yep. not want help. Correct. But... Sometimes, and you, you get to a certain point in your disease where you recognize you have a problem, yeah, and you'd like help, but you're not willing to do what it takes to get help. Often, if you're that guy or gal, and you go to jail, your life gets saved you, because now you have a gun, proverbial gun to your head, yep. saying, "Go to this fucking meeting, yep. just do it," because yep. you're in jail and you're gonna get your shit pushed in. Well, so you might as well get clean. You and, know, and, like. and let's do some sort of mandated treatment that way. Yeah. Mandated treatment, not mandated jail, mandated treatment. Let's let's do it. But we gotta do something because they're going to the more. They're this murder, the way it's set up. Yeah. It's murder. I, I I also think like my big concern right now is with the drug addiction in this country just so rampant. I take I take honestly, this is not an exaggeration. 20 DMs or tweets a, a week of people who are active in their addiction, and they ask me, what can I do to get help? And then you say, go to a meeting, raise so, your hand. So <laughs> I, say, I say, this is what I did. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how what to do. I'll tell you what worked for me. Yeah. I went to an inpatient facility for 28 days. I immediately started going to 90 day meetings in 90 days. I got a sponsor. I worked the steps and blah, blah, blah. Nine out of ten people will say, I can't do that. None. One person will say, I'm calling right now. And it's, it's amazing to me. And, and, I get and goosebumps because they're like, I'm going to call right now. And, and I get a six months later, I get a fucking message. They're like, I've been clean six months. Thank you so much. But there's that 90% right there. 90%, okay. so 90%. say, I can't do that. They don't say, I can't do it. They go, yeah, yeah, what else? Yeah. They're like, well, what can I do? <laughs> well, what, what tips can you give me? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and and, yeah, yeah, that's all. Yeah, great. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the, by the way, the codes, the codependents say the same thing. I'll do anything for my child. I Go to a codependency meeting right now. Go to Al-Anon. Yeah, yeah. What do I need to do? <laughs> yeah. That's what you need to do. Yeah, it's exactly. What, but so my point being is like if we know that the numbers are so great, I mean, yeah. we have a real epidemic of yeah. drug addiction. Yeah. It's all meth now, too. What can we? Well, and pills. Pills is. Pills are way down. But way because people have down. gone transition heroin. Yes. But, the, <laughs> but, but, but we, it's still the opiates, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's still the fentanyl now. But, but a lot of it's going over to meth. So the, the cross addiction is either fentanyl and meth or just meth. Um, my question is then, like, what can we instill in the general public? Because it's not taboo anymore. It's not the, it's not the stigma. It's no stigma. Even though that, the families 
complain of stigma. The drug addicts never complain yeah, of stigma. It's they so really funny. don't. They no, really don't. They want to use. They don't stigmatize. Yeah. They're, they're fine. What can we do? Because like uh, people are like, oh, if we talk about it more, it'll be. It's no. like, no, no. There's a mm-hmm. thing about addiction where you're in it and you recognize I'm going to die or go to jail. But but um. But good times. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to do what I know will probably work because yeah. it was. So, and that's so, the disease. That's it. That's yeah. where the brain problem is. Is there anything medically or, or government yes. wise that we can do to yes. kind of switch that off? Yes, we can start to do uh, harm avoidance. We can do that. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a fan of that, but we can start to give people Suboxone. There's even meth uh, harm avoidance being advocated for. I'm not a fan of that either. Uh, but you can, that will save lives. I'm not and a fan of it. It's an intermediate step. That's I'm not a fan of it either because I believe that the best way to go about it is abs- complete absence. Right. But at the same time, isn't it kind of like any port in a storm? Right right now, it may not be realistic for the numbers and the severity of what's yeah. going on. So the, we have to do something uh, Something that I don't uh, – the goal now is tri- triage and save lives, right? Yeah. we got a war going on. we right. gotta, we got to do the best we can here. Uh, hopefully, we can then get them to some sort of flourishing existence, but we'll do the best we can kind of thing. What do we do about veterans? Because veterans are being dealt with right now. There's a lot of progress been made there, a lot on the streets, especially. Really? Yo, okay. my yes, yes. Uh, I'm not necessarily worried about like the Vietnam vet who's living on the street because I do probably believe there's a lot of good outreach there. I'm more worried about the the 30 year old guy who just got back from Afghanistan. He's oh. he's he's fucked up, and because uh, of hearing... the way modern warfare is. Like, it's not like the guys who came back from World War One, where you're like, well, that guy needs to be put in a fucking loony bin. The guy, they're just a little tweaked. No, I know. But they're these ticking time bombs, yes. man. And, so, and, and American soldiers, because they're the best in the world, they've been trained to fucking avoid their emotions. Yes, right. And, 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 and I'll never forget this one Marine messaged me, and he was saying, I'm having these emotional problems, I'm having no. addiction problems, and blah, 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 blah. And I go, dude, you gotta, you gotta talk to someone. And, you really, and he wrote back something to me that I'll never forget. It hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, "You understand, asking me to open up about my problems is like asking me to fly." Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a machine that's been worked thoroughly to, to be able to avoid my inner internal emotions so that I could function better as a, as a soldier. And so the answer is, he needs to be in a group with his peers yeah. who all feel that way. Yeah. That, that's what has to happen. That's why the peer function, the peer groups are so effective with veterans. And the VA knows that. They know what they're doing. But, but it, it's, I'm hearing lots of great stories about people that not being just cast out of the military or cast out of prison, too. And they're being step-down kinds of services for people. I'm really hearing good things about this. It's, it, it's been something been discussed for a long time, and now I think it's kind of in place. But it's more like 12-step, though, in the sense that I, I hear a lot of good things about it. I know a lot of good things about it. But how? what percentage of people are actually getting I, involved I, I in it? I don't know, and, and you know? it's the same problem. Because the suicide rate of the veterans is I, I, still I, I, like listen, through the roof. I, I understand, but again, you've got to get their buy-in. They have to want yeah. to do it. We can't force anybody to do anything in this country, right, yeah. no matter how good it is for them. And so, yes, that is a problem, but I don't know the numbers. I'm sure the VA knows. Uh, but but just know that, man, there is progress in that area. And, and that's, you know, and it just exactly what you were talking about. We were sitting on the radio. I would have been like, "Oh God, I know." It's just they're just thrown out into the world. What do they expect? Not no more. Once you get it, once you get behind the curtain, you there, see. There's a step down. There's a step down. There's services. There's and again for prison too, which is really a tough group. Same stuff. Same things. Yeah, it's hard, man. I one thing that's really changed as I've gotten older, and I, I don't know if it's becoming a parent. It's probably a a, a a litany of factors, but. <clears throat> 
I used to be pretty cut and dry, kind of right wing, uh, callous idea. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, everyone, this is America. You can do it. And now when I see criminals, when I see um, the homeless, when I see people who are cast out by society, I have such deep empathy for Mm -hmm. them. And I'm like, well, that guy didn't, that guy wasn't born a fucking drug dealer. That guy wasn't born a gangbanger who murders. There was a a whole progress that got there and he's still a human being at his core. But but there are certain behaviors that have to be, uh, you are, you have my deepest empathy and compassion until you do something awful, sure, and then sure. it's IX has to come down. You need I, to take care of it before that. Don't you, get don't get me wrong. Punishment needs to be served to people who deserve it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not saying that you you know if you go around murdering random people, you don't deserve punishment. Hey, there what are, I'm saying there is, are people is that, that are you know we're getting to the point where people are going, oh come on, well, look at the desperation of that person that made brought him to that point. Oh, you guys, you're, this is going to be not good if we keep thinking that way. No, it's not going to be good thinking that way. But alternatively, it is going to be good to recognize that there is a recipe for making these people. Of course. And we should stop We've always known baking that. that recipe. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Dude, look, do you ever find eventually see the Joker? Yeah. Okay. That was, to me, what, what you think about that as a film or not. To me, I thought that that was why that movie is so important. Is that it's kind of detailing this How you this incel things. world right yeah. now that goes on, where these uh, mostly men, let's be honest, yeah. you know, uh, women, yeah. I'm sure deal with it somewhat. But there's these guys that have since birth have been fucking completely cast out from the normal circles of society and abused and 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 rejected and ridiculed, and and we're. You can even have a guy like you or or a psychologist say, this person is fucking dangerous. And and we're just like, well, it's America. Free free to do whatever you want to do. What are we going to do? I agree with you. And and so I, my we, point is, it's, it's like a, if we acknowledge that there's there's these steps that, that go on to creating a, a murderer, a mass murderer, a, a rapist, a blah, blah, blah. It makes us a little bit better at maybe preventing that, I guess. We have we have pushed civil liberties over any of those considerations. Yeah, those 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 you have to wait for the person to want to get involved or seek involvement, which is optimal, which is better in terms of treatment outcomes. But in terms of intervention and changing things, we're not allowed to. Yeah, it's crazy. It's super crazy. On a less important level, I'm a big proponent of like imposing that kind of stuff physically. Because if you look, I was reading a very, very interesting article about child, school child, public school children in America in like the 1930s, mm-hmm. and all of them were exponentially more fit than the average kid today. Right. Because back in those days, they said, listen, you just have to be able to run a mile in seven minutes. Yeah, that was part of the or deal. Or you're fucked. Yeah, that was okay? part of the deal. You have to do 10 pull-ups, or you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And I, don't get me wrong, I don't want to talk to children that way, yeah. but I, some of the more stringent standards where we just forced kids to live that way. Forcing <laughs> and judging can't do either. Cannot judge, cannot force. Yeah. How dare you? Well, we you're, kinda, you're a fascist. Maybe we kind of should. You're a fascist. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's we're in such a weird time when uh, you know you got Bernie going. Look, look, Castro did a great job with education. It's like that's weird. Well, because then my brain goes, 
Yeah, Hitler did a great job with the economy. He did a great job. <laughs> and with the, and with the Transformed military. Transformed the economy did, of Germany. He did Germany. a great, and the education system, by the yeah. way. He did an amazing job with that. That doesn't excuse the the stuff. Yeah. We, we, we're, everything is so relative. We, we cannot judge. Cannot judge. Okay, here's a strange one, and I, and I don't know how much more of, a, of, a, of an opinion you can have on it than me. I don't know. Being, with your level of expertise and, and education, I don't know if you can even shed light on this more than I could. But one thing that I've found really strange, really strange, is this female body empowerment stuff. Oh, yeah. Be, and here's what I mean. I'm a big, I'm a, I love Lizzo. You're worried that it's not healthy. Well, it, it, this is why I think it's not healthy. I think it would be healthy if it was universe, if it was uniform. Here's my point. Girls love Lizzo because she's she's a larger woman and she wears bikinis and she's like this is my body fuck it yeah. and she's super talented and it's like and super attractive yeah yeah, yeah. so Lizzo's great I, I give thumbs up yeah. to that yeah but it's weird that we live in a world where it's like Lizzo you go girl J Lo Shakira your whores sluts <laughs> yeah, I know. for the Super Bowl yeah, a know. lot of it was a lot of women that were I, saying oh, a course. lot of women uh, listen that's in my disgusting book, that's what I wrote in my book and the in our, the mirror effect was that it's the, the we 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 reserve a really special place of disdain for women who who show any form of attractive sexuality and it's mostly women leading the attack. Right. And so I'm not saying we go back to 1950 where it's all women shouldn't do that. But I'm saying in a world where Lizzo should be celebrated for wearing bikinis, should also why should ones. JLo and Shakira who are 50-year-old women who look amazing why are they getting shit on? I, I, it's I a, totally agree. I, I really worry about that because I'm a father of a daughter and I go, "Well, well what message am I going to send? Like how do I What's the positive message I give to a young lady yeah. then? Yeah. You know, do yeah. I say, "Oh, do you you need to get fat, or else"? No, you say it could be all these things. Right. Well, you that's what I choice. think, but yeah. it doesn't appear that society agrees. No, I know. You know, I, I don't know what you have to talk to women about that. I don't know what to do with that one because I, I thought that was great. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing though, I will say, um, and I don't know if it's it's because of positive reasons or not. I don't know why this happened, but I do think guys are in a much better place about the physical. Uh, body stuff, vis a vis women or themselves, uh, each other. Here's what I mean. It was like, it was kind of something to be ashamed of in 1996 to be interested in being buff. Oh yeah, you you were like you were a meathead asshole yeah. jock prick yeah, yeah, yeah. macho Camaro driving. And, and by the asshole. way, there was only a couple. There was like a, a narrow version of it. Everyone was pushing weights, yeah. heavyweights, Camaro, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And and now, like, it's like, no, you go, dude. Yeah, good for you. I mean, I can't tell well, you how many part people. Part of it is, by the way, though, is the aging thing. Is that anti-aging, yeah. Not anti-aging so much as the the baby boomers are the first group that has worked out within that population of baby boomers. There are many that have worked out their whole life. Yeah. And have derived benefit now as they are aging, going, whoa, okay, yeah, we've got to really pay attention to this. And I think your age group and behind is like picking it up. Yeah. It's, it's more of a part of your life. Yeah, and, and definitely. By the way, my shoulder's so effed up. It's so bad. Dude, now. I told you a million times how to so, fix it. I told you no, a million times. No, I did all of it. I'm doing it, and it's just getting worse and worse. I think I might have ripped my... Uh, the thing that holds it because it's, it's moving now. It's moving I, around. I contest that the shoulder and the nose are the stupidest. The nose. Pieces, <laughs> the stupidest pieces of human. Because the human body is amazing. It's an amazing uh, machine. Yeah. 
the shoulder is so dumb, and the nose, the thing on the front, the thing that leads your whole face, yeah. is so easily broken. Oh yeah, like it's it makes no goddamn sense from a, like an evolutionary survival yeah. standpoint. Yeah, yeah. The fact that your nose is this like delicate yeah, piece of just shit crunches. Yeah, yeah. it's like, so you. silly, you know. But, but let's go go back to my shoulder for a yes, second yeah, yeah. because it has forced me to take the weights down a little bit. And yeah, the, the rate the and and not work out quite so intensely and. Pull the reps up a little bit, and uh, I'm getting for the first time in my life getting just about as much out of it. Good, it's shocking to me. That, well, that quality is quality is the most important thing. You know, like for quality people, of movement. You mean quality of movement? Yeah. yeah well, and I, 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 listen, I, I, I would like to see people deadlifting for three to five reps for super heavy and yeah. squatting and all that. But you have to understand, if that's not realistic, if you're 65 years old or if you are have two replaced hips. I'd still I'd rather see you then understand, okay, well, I'm gonna really work on doing fifteen perfect pull-ups. I'm gonna work on doing you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the quality and, of and, it. But but I, I get what you're saying, but you you gotta your the everything starts to narrow in terms of range, weight, movement, yeah. and selection of exercises. It starts to get and time, time spent exercising too. Because now also if I spend like an hour working out. I'm kind of destroyed a lot of the day. I sleep great, but I'm sort of not as... Well, you're, you're, I mean, your yeah. recovery is different. Yeah, it, it is different, and it's disturbing. My recovery is different. I'm 40. My recovery is tremendously... I uh, get so pissed when I see you lifting all that weight. I'm like, God, God. Yeah. Don't stop putting that on Instagram. It just makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I, I do that for two reasons. One, it's nice to get pats on the back. Mm. But two, I, I more importantly... People have this notion, even guys, most, a lot of times people believe it's females, but there's a lot of guys out there that are like, well, I don't want to be big and buff. I want to be lean. Oh yeah. So I don't need to lift heavy weights. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not a big guy. You guys, uh, 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 50 fucking dudes today will uh, email me. Uh, DM me. What's your workout program, dude? Because I want to look like you. I don't want to be like The Rock. I want to look like you. And I go, I, st- I fucking deadlift heavy and I squat heavy. The difference between you and The Rock is about 600 milligrams of Dianabol. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's about, well, and, that's and, the only difference. And another and thing. Some testosterone. And another thing yeah. that people never, ever like to listen to is genetics. The Rock, have you ever seen pictures of him when no, he was a teenager? you've shown him to me. You're, he's you're, insane. <laughs> he's a giant, muscular dude. Yeah, Genetics but, play a huge thing. But you could look like The Rock pretty easily with your workout schedule, with the right pharmacology. You could. Yeah, but you yeah. know what? i got to be honest. If I made $40 million a year doing uh, action films, I would do that much steroids. Well, I've had those conversations with guys that are taking lots of steroids and, and ones whose lives were made by the steroids. Yeah. Arnold probably I've never had that conversation with him but by the way I met him the other day and he, he's like he's like if somebody had told me that was a comedian playing him I would believe it he's the best he's him doing him I see him pretty frequently at yeah. Golds in Venice and he always starts with I'm, I'm riding my bike I'm riding my bike I'm riding my bike I, yeah. I, I see homeless all over the place what's what's going on it's homeless <laughs> he's he's so funny because he does ride his bike to the gym yep. every time yep but an SUV of security follows him, <laughs> and an SUV they follow right behind him. And another, what happened was, uh, this was amazing. Uh, it was on TMZ. It was all it was what, hysterical. What happened was, what happened was, see, Arnold rides his bike to the gym, and yeah. it's like a seven thousand dollar bike because yeah. he's Arnold, you know. Yeah. And he right, and he gets off, and of course everyone stops what they're doing when Arnold comes, yeah. you know. And everyone's, oh, Arnold, let me take a picture. So there's big fanfare. Arnold goes in the gym, parks his bike there. A couple dudes come up, try to steal a bike. Not realizing there's the security wow. following in the car. Wow. Guys converge on him, beat the shit out of him, right oh. in front of the gym. Amazing. Fantastic. Um, but Arnold will never, like, we should really 
appreciate Arnold now because that's gone. That type of celebrity oh, is yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you an example. Arnold walks into Gold's Gym three, four days a week. Yeah. Peak hours. Mm. No fucking entourage. The security stays in the car. Arnold walks in with his training partner. Walk, talk, talking to everybody. Oh, it was a great squad. This looks great. Hi, how are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a picture. Yeah, it's great. exactly what he does. And um, and just totally open to the people. Everybody. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, a couple years ago, trained for a movie called Only God Forgives. Yeah, it was a where it took place in Thailand. He had to be a, a Muay Thai fighter. For six days a week, he shut down a Muay Thai gym in the valley. So that only he could go in there. No other people can be around because yeah. Ryan Gosling's coming. In. Right. And I'm not shitting on Ryan Gosling. I'm just saying, like, the modern A-list celebrity yeah. is not, not – The that. Rock has his own personal gym that he travels with so that he can work out in privacy. The days of Arnold, you know, like, everybody come look at me. It's fantastic. You know, and so every once in a while, Stallone will come in. Stallone's the same way. His brother's working out there. And he's like, hey, Arnold, hey, how you doing? And it's just like, that's a – that's gone. Yeah. That notion of like I I'm an amazing celebrity. I'm an international celebrity, but I'm still I'm one of you. They close it. They're closing it off. Why is that? TMZ and stuff. Yeah, I, I can't fault these celebrities. It's uh, everyone has a cell phone video. Is it that? Everyone or is it, has a high definition camera in their pocket. Is it that, or is it literally the security needs? You know, Arnold travels with his security, and maybe they don't want to pay for that, or don't want to risk that, or don't want to can't afford that, or who the hell knows? I don't know. I, I think I think it's like there's a difference in celebrities too. Yeah, like Ryan Gosling, for instance, was in the Mickey Mouse Club. He was he was trying to be an A list celebrity since he was a little kid. Yeah, so he probably grew up in a world where it's like I gotta kind of de- de- detach myself mm. from people. You know, Britney Spears, those type of people, Justin yeah. Timberlake. Then there's like guys like Chris Pratt. Who fell into being an A-list yeah. celebrity? Yeah, because I see him at the UFC and he's like, "Hey, hey what's up, man?" Yeah. He sits like right, you're, he's there with just like a buddy. That's not yeah, a celebrity. We'll see how this plays out. It's going to go in one direction or the other. I think. Yeah, it's interesting. How's your, it has how's your diet? Because you fantastic. Were, yeah, what you still? Uh, yes, carnivore. Yes, one hundred percent. No, I, I'm eating a. F- I, I got a little palate fatigue. I'm still, I'm at my best when I eat high quality red meat. That yeah. is, I, I just, I don't feel better than that. As soon as I add, I mean, anything else on top of it, I eat pork, I eat something else, not oh, quite even, not quite as good. Even other animal flesh. Isn't that funny? Wow. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think I overdo the nuts a little bit. and But, you know, I it's so easy to, to adjust course. Like in a day, I'm all back. Yeah. It's crazy. What, and what, and I, I, I fear fear not doing it because I feel so good with it. I don't want to lose it. No no plants, huh? Oh, yeah, plants. I, I eat plants. What kind? Spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, a, 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 quite a bit of it. Um, some salads and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but celery. But you're, you're essentially the, the green veggies and the meat, and that's it? Pretty, I had some cheese. I had some cheese in. Yeah, and, that's it, that's it, and I and I'm eggs, lots of eggs. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And uh, energy levels are good. Beyond, yeah, beyond. It, it's really like I don't want to lose this. So you it's, know, it's it and, is I'm, and I'm not hungry. It's the first time I, I've been able to f- manage my weight without being starving. Yeah, I I I am on day like twelve of doing a carnivore, and I and I'm only doing it to because of this podcast. I wanted to be able to talk somewhat. Um, knowledgeably about things that are really... Um, I'm not sure your carnivore is that different than what you've always been doing. 
It's so close to what you do. Well, anyway. I have always been a big meat eater, yeah. but I, I but I also was a big like potatoes and rice guy too. You were you were certain kind of potatoes, right? You yeah, eat you low low carb index. I like I like potato. I think I think potatoes are great carb. I, white yeah. rice is always great for me because of it's amazingly digestible. Yeah. I I look at food. I don't look at it as like what is what is quote unquote uh, a good carb bad carb protein. Yeah. I go what is really chemically appropriate for the human system. Mm. And when you look at things that are digested in a certain way, like think, like people are always like, brown rice is better because it has more fiber. No, no, white rice is like, it goes into the human gut and it is completely absorbed and used. And, yeah. and That's it, why humans evolved these things. We were on the verge of famine all the time. And right. we developed these things that are highly concentrated and well-absorbed. So I, I, Bread, I've dropped, I've rice. dropped, like I, I was a big fruit guy too. You know, I'm right yeah. now I'm doing Literally carnivore. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm eating red meat. How do you feel? It's 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 strange. And I, like I said, I'm only doing it for the sake of my yeah. listeners yeah. because I've done I've been vegan for for a pretty considerable amount of time. I've been I've done paleo. I've done keto. I've done a lot of things, and I can speak on it with with at least anecdotal ideas. Yeah, I'd never done only meat, you know, and without any vegetables and yeah, all that. Yeah. I feel really good. Like sitting here with you, my energy is great. My mental clarity is really high. Mm-hmm. And but I'm only 12 days in. We'll see how it goes after. I, like I notice it within four days, but massively. Anything I do that's um, a little bit more anaerobic, I'm oh. sucking wind. Oh, interesting. I, I, could, I, I could imagine that. I was, see, I don't do a lot of that kind of stuff. I, and it's funny. I've been sort of, you know, you normally like running. Yeah. And I've noticed I've been aversive to it. I've and been, it's your body naturally doesn't want to do it. That's really the aerobic. The aerobic stuff is great. Yeah. When I do um, slow, slow jogs. Yeah. Or a long, like brisk walks. Yeah. Uh, ride my bike. I ride my bike to take Magnolia to school every day and pick mm-hmm. her up from school. Mm-hmm. I feel great. Like like that that low like 111 yep. beats per minute yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm awesome. As soon as I started like warming up for boxing yesterday, I got a you know I started really moving. I was like, <gasps> and I was like, just at the tail end of my warm up, and I was so, like, "Fuck!" So I so. could see where, cup, you know, half a cup of rice or something yeah. before you even bring it. I think that's what I'm going to transition to because yeah. if I still see my strength, my absolute strength is really high. How about lean? You feel more lean? No. Yeah, you're already doing that. Yeah, you don't have to worry. About it. And mm-hmm. by the way, I think these things are—they depend on your own personal genetics so yeah. much. It's really clear to me that. I, I've evolved in an environment where carbs were not good. Yeah, I Eastern Bloc fl- stuff. It's way know. up in the north of Russia somewhere yeah. where we ate deer every day, and that's it. See, and, I wonder <laughs> how much of my genetics uh, from one side or the other plays a role because obviously I do well with meats and things. and, and you know, the, But the, you do well with carbs too. I, I do. I, I really like, don't I do think well. I think of like, like the mountainous Mexican Indians yeah. and stuff. Yeah. They, they eat yams and shit all and day. Beans, yeah. beans and things, and that's and, great. And so I wonder if it's like a mixture of my, yes, you know. Yes, I think you should really pay attention to that stuff. One day we'll be able to dial it in. One yeah. day we'll be able to do a genetic profile and go, this is the one for you, uh, or most likely to be the one for you. And I I think I have a problem with the apolipoproteins, too, which are highly insulin-dependent. Yeah. Because I, I just could never get my HDL up. I could never get my triglycerides down until I cut out carbohydrates, and right. then it just, boom. So now my my cholesterol profile is the best it's been in my life. I'm doing blood- That's on a high-fat diet. Yeah. And my calcium score, I had it done two weeks ago, 0.0. 
Did you zero point zero point zero? Did you see the clip I sent you? I I, I, I when you send me clips, I tend not to watch them. I understand that, and that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> so, I send you stuff, and I send you so much gross, terrible shit. Yes, that you probably just ignore it. Yes, but did you see the Look clip? What you've done? But did you see the clip I sent you of Dr. Paul Saladino on the Doctors TV show? Did you end up watching that? I I don't think so. Because I I, I found it fascinating. It was this is an MD. Yeah. Who's on a show with other MDs, and he's getting fucking hammered because he's promoting the idea of eating an all meat diet. Oh yeah, I, I I keep my mouth shut about that, and 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 I, I don't. I'm and I understand why they hammer them too because there's good data that mitigates that that suggests that's not a good idea. I don't agree. Well, but there's also good but I think I think it's who is selected for the diet. That that's kind of the thing. But, like, but like when Susan you say there's the, good data. Su- when you say there's good data, I don't agree. There's things like the China study yeah. which shows there's if you not have, great data. If You're you right. have a cancer in your body, eating meat will make it grow and eating plants won't. Right. That's not to me a sign no, of because I, obviously amino acids are going to help a, any cell yes, grow. Yes, agreed. But but as far as like long-term studies of a vegan versus yeah. a carnivore, oh, listen, there's I, nothing. I I my feel like and this may or may not be true that my immune function is way up on the carnivore I and agree. the immune that's your last that's your last uh uh, barrier to a cancer taken off because if you know we have abnormal cells forming in our body all the time and the immune system has to go track them down and kill them and we miss a few and that's how cancers break through so you I feel like I don't think I'm creating more damaged cells I think I'm better immunologically what it's strange it's so, strange. so anyway the that guy's getting hammered so I, it, I I don't I don't advocate for this diet actively I do I do not I'm, I'm not telling anybody to do it. Because I just think it, we, we need a better, it's like with everything in medicine, you need to be able to select the right person for the right treatment, the right patient for the right treatment. Like uh, Susan, my wife, did a carnivore. Her cholesterol went up. Oh. First time in her life. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure this is for you. She doesn't really yeah. need it. That's and that's an important message, I think, because by and large, like I, I, I hammer that home here too, is that people are like, what's the best diet to follow? I was like, the one you'll do and the one that works for you. The one you'll do and the one that fits your genetics. Right. Yeah. And it's hard to know what that is. It really is. The one you'll do is the, is the most important part. Of well, yeah. I mean, like uh, everybody's so genetically different and, and I just wish people would fucking acknowledge that. And, and it's same with training. Same with training. There's people that, like, I know these people. You and I are kind of in the same ballpark with training. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely people that do not respond to higher intensity, higher weight, lower reps. They, it's certainly not. They may a little bit in terms of performance, but they look the same. Yeah. For sure. And, and, and then, also. And then they complain. and go, what do I do? What do I do? It's like. Mm-hmm. And also your buildup, your, your um, breakdown of musculature. Like, some people are more slow twitch. Some mm-hmm. people are more fast. Like. If you're a guy or gal that's, like, built to run marathons, you're not going to get a lot out. In fact, you might be fucking dangerous to be, like, a power lifter. And, and vice versa. alternatively, yep. if you're, like, this Mark Bell dude that came out of the womb with f- uh, 15-inch ankles, <laughs> it's probably not a good idea to be, like, a triathlete. Yep. You know, like, I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. I wish people would acknowledge that. Like, and, 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 and within weightlifting, there's things that are just sort of suitable for you. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've had trainers and trainers and trainers trying to get me to do things, and I do it with them. And then I just drift back. Well, that's that's a big that's a big thing about like being a trainer. It's like I remember when I was making a living as a trainer, I thought I was hot shit, and I thought because I was just doing the things that I knew would get people fucking sweaty and tired, and I was kicking everyone's ass because like, I thought like that's what they're paying me money for. Yeah. And then you realize like you know 
Like, this is a woman who hasn't had broccoli in four years, <laughs> and you're going to tell her to eat three perfectly measured meals a day? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it's like, no. You got to – everyone's – Got to meet relative. people where they are. All right. So what's the new shit that you're doing so that I can promote it and give everybody this uh, – It's over at drdrew.com. You can sign up at drdrew.tv. I'm going to give you a blast when we do these streaming shows. Yeah. So. The one you do at your house is really good. It's Thank you. Really it, good. You it, have to watch a couple episodes. I was on one episode, and it's yeah. really good. We'll get you on some more of that stuff because okay. I stream almost every day. I try to get something out there every day, and I just interact and take calls and listen, talk to people. It's really kind of fun. I'll get you out of here so that you can get on uh, your day because I'm sure you, you have to so get on the freeway. You have just 55 things to do. But God, uh, this town. How can you? What can you do to get me on Tom and Christina's podcast? On your mom's house? Yes. Let me work on it. Because you dropped the Theo bomb last time you were there, and you're the like, what what's bomb? up with Theo? You're oh, like, what's yeah. up with Theo? Yeah. yeah, And everyone's a Theo gate, Theo gate. Eventually, Theo's on there. Yeah. Now, I understand. I'm not a, 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 a world-class comedian like Theo Vaughn, but I am the master of gross images. Tom would fucking die if I showed him half the shit. Christina doesn't even know the capabilities of my fart power. So, so okay. So, can you start sending in some videos for him of cool guys? That I could present him and go, look, my buddy's got a whole library of these things. And tell they them. They can't be the ones you send me. Tell them, just d- dust them with, I'll show you the images. You give them the images. Yeah. Then dust them with a little Paris Poo and uh, okay. and okay. and meth dealer who shot a cat. Yeah, yeah, done. Okay? And done. just say, like, this is the guy we're talking done. about. Okay. Yeah. Thank done. you. All right. I'm such a fan. I'm Dr. Drew, you're the best. I right, know I love you. Good Thank you so much. You as well. All right. Thanks again to Dr. Drew. Love that man. He's uh, He's been amazing to me, both professionally and personally, my whole life. Uh, so thank you again for coming down here to the Motoring Club of Venice, California, and dealing with the traffic all the way from Pasadena. And uh, Dr. Drew's the best. DrDrew.com for everything going on in his life. All right. Now it is time for my monologue. Um, I recently was traveling with my family, my daughter and my wife. Um, My daughter and I got on a plane and flew from LA to Atlanta where my wife is working on a show uh, on CW called Legacies. She's out there filming in Atlanta, Georgia. I love Atlanta. I love Georgia as a whole. But we flew out there and we were traveling and we stayed out there for about five days. And I was confronted with something that I think is important to talk talk about. um, And that is traveling and training traveling and dieting and on a bigger level just the idea of when your adherence to your fitness plans may be enhancing your life and then when they are detracting from your life here's what I mean I had to really finagle my way into the gym while I was out there for five days Um, now Training, obviously, is really important to making you feel better, and it's certainly crucial for me to feel better, to train, and to eat right, but I had to bend over backwards, and I I was not getting good sleep because I woke up super early to get just find time to get into the gym and then get kind of like a mediocre workout because of it, and in the long run, I took away time for my family because I was kind of tired all day and it didn't, I wasn't my best because I was easily frustrated a little bit, you know, because I didn't sleep very much and I didn't get a good workout and I didn't have Waffle House with my family because I was eating, you know, diet foods and what would be considered diet foods, you know, trying to maintain this carnivore diet. 
And, you know, I didn't have milkshakes and Waffle House and all this fun stuff that we were having while we were traveling. And my wife and my daughter had these great experiences. And so I'm not saying that you shouldn't diet and you shouldn't train while you're on vacation. But this experience really made me confront something. And that is, look, I exercise and I diet. uh, Pardon me. So that I can feel better and live a better life. But if my exercise and my diet precludes me from living my best life, that's a problem. And this is something that I think you and I should always be cognizant of. Definitely be committed. Definitely follow through on commitments you make to yourself. If you're going to train four days a week, you got your program, you're going to eat a diet where you're measuring your calories and your macros, I, dude, that's awesome. You go, girl. You go, dude. But if it's your daughter's birthday or your son's birthday and she's six and you're not having a slice of cake just because you don't want to go off your diet and your kid's kind of looking at you funny like, hey, everybody else is here eating good food and having being festive and you're not having a, a beer and a piece of cake because you want to be on your diet, uh, you're missing out, right? You're missing out on something that could be fun and memorable. If you uh, go out on a date with your significant other and you don't have the meal that you want to have because, you know, and you get plain salad and go order lemon wedges on the side. Look, if you're in a bikini contest in six months or six weeks, I get it. And you do, you do your thing. If you're collecting a paycheck because your body, okay, I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to do things like that. But Let's be realistic. One meal, one slice of cake, one three-day weekend trip, or one even week-long trip uh, to the beach town that you're going to with your family, it's not going to ruin your long-term goals. And engaging in these fun, these, these exciting, festive events, they are going to have a long-term positive effect on you. So in no way am I saying we should push aside our commitments to our diet and our training. But what I am saying is that we diet, uh, we watch our diet and we train so that we can be happier. If we're watching our diet and training in a way that doesn't make us happier, that doesn't make us healthier, then that's a problem. I'll sum it up with a real story, uh, story real quick. I got a uh, tweet or a DM, I don't remember. This was probably 2012. I was on Loveline and I was talking about um, some health and fitness stuff. So a listener called up and asked me a question about it. I don't remember what the topic was, but I, I gave some fitness advice. Well, I got a DM or tweet um, moments later from a high school kid who was bragging to me that he had put on a bunch of muscle and he'd been training like crazy and doing squats and all this. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then he went on to detail how he was not going to go to prom because it was leg day and he was going to have a barbaric workout uh, on a Friday night or something. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. If you didn't get asked to prom or you didn't find a date and you're going to stay home anyway, uh, go, go do, you know, drown your sorrows in the squat rack. It's a lot better than in booze. But... If you're a purposely avoiding fun so that you can train, that's a real problem. And the same thing goes for you and I. It's not just for high school kids. If you're purposely avoiding fun and enjoyable activities, especially with those people that you love for the sake of training and eating, 
Fuck that. Not worth it. We always want to be doing the things that make us live a better life. Okay? Live a good, fulfilling life. And oftentimes training and diet can can help lead to that, can help enhance the idea of living a good and healthy life. But every once in a while, they get in the way. Don't allow them to. Just my advice. I have allowed it to happen in my life, and I just don't want to see you guys make the same mistake. I've, I've definitely fucked up. I've prevented myself from being as good of a father or as good of a husband for the sake of sets and reps and protein. And that's not right. So that's my feeling on it. Uh, tell me how you feel at Mike Catherwood on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, at Mikey likes you one, the number one on Instagram and Twitter. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. Remember, I do. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.